With the annual Korea-U.S. joint military exercise just around the corner, we heard the usual posturing rhetoric coming out of North Korea in recent days. And to help us dissect the latest from Pyongyang, we have Dr. Bong Young-sik joining us for our GMS Focus segment. Good morning. Good morning, John. So, uh, Dr. Bong, North Korea uh, last week declared uh, quote-unquote victory over the uh, coronavirus pandemic, although from the international experts, they are somewhat skeptical. Uh, There's a little bit of dispute on what that victory really actually means. Uh, But what is North Korea? What is their posturing and the reason behind making such a bold statement and announcement? Well, there must be a lot of uh, political reasons uh, for the leadership to declare the ultimate victory over the COVID-19 pandemics inside North Korea. One, uh, it wants to demonstrate uh, its capability to provide the safety to its people, uh, which is a very important foundation of the legitimacy of the Kim Jong-un regime. And second, uh, it is an announcement uh, to its people and the outside world that now North Korea will not be restrained by the you know uh, restrictions of the global pandemics in terms of uh, engaging uh, larger scales of the political, security, and economic uh, partnership with the neighboring countries, especially with China, which has been uh, suspended for the past two years because of the COVID-19 pandemic measures, quarantine measures. And uh, which really hit hard North Korea's economy because North Korea's uh, trade is critically dependent upon uh, China uh, in the north of the 95% of the all the trade that North Korea has is with China. But uh, it has basically lost its uh, lifeline uh, for the past two years. Mm-hmm. So by declaring this confident message to his people in the outside world that uh, Kim Jong-un regime, uh, you know, wants to demonstrate its resolve and, uh, you know, capability that he will not be shaken by any pressure uh, coming from outside world, especially from United States, South Korea, and Japan. Right, and and, and as part of that speech, it was which was uh, actually given by the um, sister of, of Kim Jong-un, Kim Yo-jong. Mm-hmm. Um, she also took a little bit of a stab or a big stab depending on how you look at it, at South Korea, uh, blaming South Korea for the pandemic in the North. Um, now, dissect that for us. Well, Chuan, uh, you are such a nice person, so you only describe it as a, just a stab about Kim Yo-jong, uh, Kim Jong-un's uh, sister, and probably number two person in North Korea right now, uh, did not just take a stab at South Korea, but... He actually put the you know, step knife in the back of South Korea <laughs> and twisted okay. uh, by putting all the blames on the sufferings of North Korean people and especially the suffering of her brother, the Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. uh, from the uh, COVID-19 pandemic spreading inside North Korea. It is a political rhetoric uh, trying to shift the blame and responsibility uh, from the uh, lack of preparedness and the capability of North Korean government to uh, South Korea uh, trying to spread the virus inside North Korea. Um, and uh, another purpose of such a uh, you know, political rhetoric is to 
you know, shore up the morale of North Korean people and uh, appear to their uh, patriotism. But um, what I thought was a little bit uh, interesting is usually in North Korea when, um, you know, the state or the media uh, mentions anything about their supreme leaders in the past, they've been presented as this almost godlike figure, right? You know, mm -hmm. if they go golfing, they'll have, you know, a, a million hole-in-ones. And um, they, prote they protect their supreme leaders as uh, this person that could never get sick, that are, that's perfect in every way, and that, that's basically supreme. But mm -hmm. in this case, uh, Kim Yo-jong actually said, hey, you know what? Kim Jong-un actually had corona. He was sick, but he overcame this illness. So a complete difference in how they're portraying that the leader and actually portraying him more to be human and more like everyday people. Right. Um, portraying the leadership as a deity was the usual tactic during the uh, second leadership, the uh, current leader Kim Jong-un's father, Kim Jong-un era. Uh, but uh, Kim Jong-un, the current leader, tries to emulate the political tactics and rhetorics of uh, his grandfather, the first leader, the paramount leader of North Korea, Kim Il-sung, uh, not his father's political rhetorics. I think he realized that uh, uh, he would not be better off by imitating his father's political rhetorics, um, considering his personality and uh, change the situation inside North Korea, uh, because his father was uh, such a reclusive person, uh, not really uh, showing uh, any um, uh, warmth toward North Korean people. His father only made a one public speech in his entire tenure as an absolute leader of North Korea. In contrast, Kim Jong-un uh, tried to be more like his grandfather by taking full advantage of uh, uh, you know, his uh, physique, which is uh, uh, extremely similar to uh, his grandfather's, uh, to shore up the sense of legitimacy among North Korean people, that uh, he's the grandson inherit the spirit and the bloodline of Mountain Pekdu uh, from his grandfather. So he has been trying to portray himself, not a reclusive uh, supreme leader like God, uh, common people cannot reach, but rather uh, down-to-earth type of uh, a young general, very confident, but at the same time, uh, genuinely caring about common people. Mm. And another aspect of um, the latest from North Korea was how prominent a role that uh, his sister, Kim Yo-jong, is playing. You mentioned earlier that um, she's probably uh, clearly the number two person in charge in North Korea. So is that, that role, is, is that cemented now from, uh, uh, from an uh, international observer's point of view? Well, it's uh, uh, one of the uh, very uh, controversial uh, point of debate and discussion among North Korea observers, experts, as well as political scientists, including myself. I have engaged in a lot of a conversation and discussion uh, exactly about that issue, whether Kim Yo-jong has any staying power as a truly number two person inside North Korea, or her political capital and aura uh, are basically tied to uh, the fact that uh, he is somebody's sister. So if Kim Jong-un goes down, uh, then so will Kim Yo-jong. Mm -hmm. Or Kim Yo-jong will inherit uh, her you know, brother's power if anything happened to him. 
Well, it's controversial. Some people say that Kim Yo-jong does not have any staying power as a political leader because her power uh, comes from, you know, Kim Jong-un as a supreme leader. So Kim Yo-jong is only powerful as much as uh, her brother would allow her to have, right? Right. Um, but other people say that, uh, well, but uh, she's the only uh, legitimate and available alternative to Kim Jong-un. You know, because she also has the same family name, Kim, you know, Mountain Peck, the bloodline. So it's a debatable. But my personal position is that considering the fact that North Korea is an extremely, you know, sexist society against the women in a high position, and uh, judging from the fact that the Kim Yo-jong does not has yet have any uh, track record as a, a military leader and political uh, leader, then Kim Yo-jong's power, uh, representative of the Kim Kim, Kim Jong government, is quite limited. Uh, he she will be only uh, Kim Yo-jong, as we know, um, you know, second uh, in the command as long as uh, Kim Jong Un uh, remains as a supreme leader. But um, without Kim Jong Un, Kim Yo-jong, um, I doubt uh, whether she has uh, her own standing power. I, I like this analogy that I you know, usually make in my discussion that, you know, the famous actress, uh, Jo Yeo-jung in mm -hmm. the movie Parasite, right? right? Which won the best film in Oscar. So I always say that Kim Yeo-jung is not Jo Yeo-jung. <laughs> uh, jo Yeo-jung can be an excellent you know, actress, uh, whoever will be her you know, director or who will be the investor in her movies or right. whether she's going to play uh, a role in a sad romantic movie or whatever role will be given to her. But uh, um, I don't think Kim Yo-jung is like Jo Yo-jung. She's not a lead actress, of... basically. Right, right. Okay, so uh, let's shift gears a little bit here. Uh, we talked about, uh, in my intro, the joint Korea-US military exercises that are coming up. And uh, we recently, about 100 days ago, had a new administration come into power here in South Korea, which is usually the ripe uh, situation for North Korea to uh, amp up its rhetoric and posture for the new administration and also uh, give their displeasure for the uh, military exercises that uh, Korea always conducts on an annual basis with the United States. So... Uh, are we expecting uh, more of the same? Uh, unfortunately, yes, uh, more of the same. You already commented that uh, there must be, uh, you know, important reason for Kim Yo-jong ramping up the uh, very critical rhetorics toward the United States and South Korea at this point. And Kim jong un government uh, just uh, restored the usual uh, celebration uh, during the uh, war victory uh, celebration period. Um, you know, to commemorate its uh, quote-unquote victory against the U.S. imperialists during the Korean War in 1950 and uh, the signing of the 1953 Armistice Agreement that suspended uh, the Korean War. Uh, to North Koreans, uh, that is the foundation of the miraculous uh, leadership of Kim Il-sung. So as long as they remain united under the supreme and uh, miraculous leadership of the Kim family, the mountain peck, the bloodline, then uh, North Korea will remain invincible because uh, it has a tr North Korea has a track record that Kim under the leadership of Kim Il Sung, uh, North Korea defeated two mightiest uh, imperialist powers 
The first one is the Japanese imperialism, and the second one was American imperialism. So um, based upon this uh, uh, justification of the dictatorship, uh, North Korean leadership would uh, usually take advantage of the regular you know, joint military exercise between South Korean under forces and U.S. forces in South Korea uh, to uh, remind its people that the war has not been over and they have to remain united because their mission has not been accomplished until the day that uh, North Korea will achieve the ultimate goal, which is liberate uh, the uh, brothers and sisters in South Korea under the oppression and control of the American imperialism, they cannot relent. <laughs> so I would expect uh, more of the same uh, you mentioned, that North Korea will take this one as a good excuse to engage in provocative behavior. And uh, among the most provo um, among the most, uh, um, I guess, egregious acts of provocation would be a nuclear test. Uh, is that something that's on the horizon, in your opinion? It's uh, one of the options that North Korean leadership must have, you know, been considering. Uh, there are early warnings issued by Yoon Suk-yeol government and the uh, Biden administration that North Korea is ready to go ahead with a seventh nuclear test. Uh, but North Korean leadership uh, definitely wants to maximize the uh, effect of the seventh nuclear test, not only in terms of uh, moving closer to developing, uh, you know, a more sophisticated, more powerful nuclear warhead, but in terms of getting as much political you know, benefits uh, as it can. So yes, it's definitely one of the options for North Korea engaging in provocations, but um, we'll see. Uh, maybe North Korea may wait until the uh, you know, escalating tension between China and the United States because of the Taiwan situation will go down, or North Korea wants to double down by go ahead with the seven nuclear test. Right there's a, a dangerous escalation tension uh, at the Taiwan Strait. Um, and in a, a related news, uh, President Yoon yesterday during his Liberation Day speech, uh, I guess uh, declared his audacious plan for North Korea, offering uh, economic assistance, possible political and military cooperation as kind of um, uh, carrots for um, North Korea to denuclearize. These kind of overtures from South Korea offering these kind of, uh, you know, carrots and sticks kind of policy is not something new. Um, but uh, do you think Pyongyang, how are they going to react to that? And uh, do you think, is there any chance that Pyongyang might come to the negotiating table? I think the chance is extremely low, unfortunately. Carrots, uh, you mentioned carrots, but carrots are for horses. Lions do not eat carrots. So we have to see uh, seriously whether the carrots are carrots yeah, from the North Korean perspective. And if North Korea is a horse, then the carrots are welcome. But if carrots are too small and tasteless, then the North Korea will not welcome the carrots provided, offered by Yoon Suk-yeol government of South Korea. Why do I say this? Because uh, it can be only audacious and bold from the South Korean perspective as a thriving economy and, you know, democratic society. But uh, what about North Korean perspective uh, on the Yoon Suk-yeol government's audacious proposals, like uh, helping North Korea developing its uh, economy and improving 
the livelihood of its people, then what's going to happen to the dictatorship? You know, what's good for the dictatorship may be quite different from what is good for the entire population. And second of all, the reason why North Korea has developed and maintained nuclear warheads and uh, long-range missiles is not to generate and obtain economic benefits as its primary goal, but it is uh, to uh, protect the system and assure up the legitimacy of the dictatorship as well as uh, maintain North Korea's unique identity as a self-reliant country, Juche. So without nuclear weapons, uh, it is uh, not conceivable that Kim Jong-un will be the supreme leadership of North Korea. And what kind of leadership um, Kim Jong-un leadership will be without nuclear weapons? So uh, asking North Korea to engage in uh, substantial and step-by-step -step denuclearization, then uh, South Korea will provide massive economic benefits, may sound great and rational from our perspective, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but may not be from the standpoint of the uh, leadership. Okay, well, we appreciate your time and your uh, insights into this. We'll have to wait and see on how uh, Pyongyang continues to react in the future. Uh, Dr. Bong, thank you so much for your time this morning. You're welcome. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.